Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Whistle. This will be our first NBA recording of the season. And with how crazy the NBA season looks like, it's shipping up to be. And how crazy the uh, the deadline has been. It will be a travesty for us not to give the fans what they want by giving them a different sport, which is the NBA. Not just soccer, we do everything. So, I'm here with Tweedy, Ken, Sam, Lex. Tweedy, what's up? What's good, bro? Thanks for having me today. I, I actually actually thank you because I brought you out and people are going to hear the famous Tweedy voice. And maybe people might not know. Tweedy is a baller. So I had to bring him on here. Oh, I beg you, bro. I beg you, bro. <laughs> yo, K- yo, Ken, what's up? Yo, crack. I did, big man. What's up? Hope everything cool for your side. I know, I do. You can't do big man for it. Make people think I beg. Oh, I'm suffering. See. Anyways, I'm suffering. So, so as we as we day here, I be. I know say you miss NBA episode, but we are back and we can't be complete without you. So thank you for having our invitation once again and always being with us. Thank, thank you guys for welcoming me as well. Yeah, and then ever crazy Sam was good, bro. I beg, please don't refer to me as that. <laughs> I did play, I did play. Nah, I'll be, I'll be straight, I'll be straight, I'll be straight, bro. I'm ready to talk about this shit because I feel yeah. like some people they fuck up by the figure see them spoil there. So let's go. <laughs> so the TV say KO promised me special guest and he delivered. So yeah, this is why we are here. <laughs> yes, so thank you for coming on, bro. And finally, the creme de la creme of the sports world, the analyst. The knowledgeable one, Lexus, Lexus, Lexus. What's good, bro? I don't know if Lexus they hear me, but yeah. I oh, Anyways, crack. I introduced you, son. Where you pass? <laughs> then I forget to my, my mic. They on mute, but yo, Shannon. Then then Stephen A says they need to get this accolade song. So <laughs> where you put me there? <laughs> oh no. Because Shannon, Stephen A, or and this, yeah, they have nothing on you, bro. Yeah. Or they have Oscar Bailey, they have nothing on you, bro. Because me and you, yeah, bro. we have on a battle <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. Back yeah. Yeah. And it's always lovely. But, it's always lovely to have you on, bro. Right. Uh, it feels good to be here. I mean, the people on the on the panel today, they, they seem like they're very smart, very uh, interested in the NBA. So I'm just here to learn and listen. <laughs> good, good. They'll be very, they'll be very knowledgeable. So. Let's just dive right in. I mean, um, a couple of days ago, um, we witnessed something special. And me personally, I didn't think I'm ever gonna witness that in my lifetime. In my lifetime, and I don't want to sound like a fan or a stan, but since I am a student of the game, which is the NBA, and I'm a super fan of it, this was something special to witness because I had to set up my alarm. And make sure that I wasn't missing the Lakers game to see LeBron break Kareem's 39-year-old scoring record, which was something special to me. So that is what we are going to discuss right now. But first, to Lexus, I want to know your thoughts on this feat. And where were you? Did you watch it? And what does it mean to you? Yeah, um, yeah. 
I stayed up the, the entire night just to watch because I was very much interested in, in history being written. Um, a lot of the time when, when situations like this happen, you, you want to recollect where you were exactly. Um, this, this is a, a global mal milestone. And so you want to be in the moment. You want to be part of, of history. You want to be part of that experience. And because we all knew this day was coming, you, you sort of had to put your schedule in a way that was going to allow you to be able to watch this. As me, I have consistently be, been on the side of, of Jordan being the greatest player of all time. Um, over the years, that view has sort of like um, changed over to LeBron's side. And so I was very much interested in seeing what the crowning moment was going to be like for him, especially when you consider his background and where he has been, his challenges, all the struggles he's had, um, not having a father figure in his life, having the mother who had to struggle to raise him, and then coming up in a community that didn't have much to provide him with. Um, that's that's the story that you can, one, identify with, two, be very hopeful for, and three, to see that person succeed. I mean, if, if you consider all his circumstances, it will be very naive or very evil on your part to not want to see that person um, get to the summit of a sport. And if you look at that individual in itself, yeah, there might be some questionable things that he's done in the past, but overall, as an individual, you couldn't have had asked for this to happen to a much better individual. I mean, LeBron has represented the sports in the, in the best way possible. He's been a, one of the best ambassadors for the for the NBA. He has shown a great deal of of sort of carrying the league from being drafted in 2003 up to this point. And so, for everything that he's done up to this point, you are very happy to see someone get to this point. I didn't personally think that Karim's record was ever going to be broken because if you look at what it takes for you to be able to, to break it, one, you needed health to go on your side. Two, you needed very deep playoff runs to be able to catch up to him. Three, you needed to be on very good teams to be able to get there because if you're on a team that doesn't like allow you to be able to play deep into the season, you don't get to this point. And so you needed all of these things to fall in the right sort of spots for you to be able to do it. And we've seen greats in the past not being able to do it. Tim Duncan wasn't able to do it. Kobe wasn't able to do it. Shaq wasn't able to do it. MJ wasn't able to do it. So for someone like LeBron to be able to do it, he needed to do things that nobody in the entire history of the sport has been able to do before. And I think this, this what we witnessed on, on Monday was one that you had to feel joy for him. Even if you are on the, on the Jordan aisle, you still have to feel a bit of pride seeing the boy from Akron being able to do it. So for me, it was, it, was, it was very enjoyable seeing his family there, seeing his childhood friends over there, seeing the entire NBA. Um, for once, just put the, the hatred for LeBron aside and celebrate him. It was, it's, a, it's a moment that's going to stay with me for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, thank you for this. Because even the way you are saying it, there's still some Jordan guys in the media still found a way to poke holes and his achievement and anything. But that's not, he not you know, they, they can't take it away from him. As LeBron said, right now, they can't talk about the best scorers without talking about me. Um, so this goes to Tweedy. Um, with this record that has been broken, right? So with the breakdown, for somebody to break it, the person has to average 25 points per season. For 82 games, 18 seasons in a row. You have to play all 82 games, average 25 points for 18 years to be able to break this record. What did this record mean to you? Seeing LeBron break it, or maybe you didn't watch it, did you watch it? 
where were you what did you do and do you think after lebron has broken his record will he be broken by anybody else okay this goes to me yes okay so um obviously congrats to lebron and all of his fans uh he's finally the nba all-time leading scorer and uh honestly i think i must have been around probably like jess also and I, I used to talk to my friend about basketball and we used to wonder like who would break karim's record and we thought maybe karim might have to like pass and maybe after like maybe like five ten years maybe someone does it but um i think i don't i don't want to say anything to put down lebron but the three the the the, the three point shooting it has really helped him reach the I think he would have got close either way or probably broken it somewhere somewhere around this time. But I think the three-point shooting has really, really helped. And his improvement in the three-point shooting has helped him break the record as well. So, um, yeah, I did not watch the game, unfortunately. I wish I did. I wish I, I, wish I watched the whole, the whole game, but I did not. And um, I think that the all-time leading scoring, him being, under, him being at the number one spot, it helps his legacy. It, it definitely adds to his. I don't know about him versus Jordan or, or I don't know about that one. But for him on his own, in his own way, in his own legacy, this this just adds to it, and it's obviously a great achievement. And it, it goes to his um, consistency throughout the whole, throughout all the season from season one to now. Every time he's there, he's he barely gets injured. He, you don't, you don't see him cheese the game as they say. You don't, you don't really um, see him forcing the shots most of the time. He's not forcing. You don't see him forcing the shots most of the time. Yeah, he does it the right way. He's done everything very, very well. And for someone to be the face of the league, yeah, LeBron is almost like the perfect guy. So yeah, congrats to LeBron. Congrats to you, crack. I don't know who else is a LeBron guy here, but congrats to all of you guys. It's an amazing achievement, and uh, I'm happy. I, I was for just him. trying to just be neutral here. I was trying to be neutral. Why? <laughs> oh no, the neutral. The hell for So, anyways, so um, funny how you talk about the three points. I mean, uh, that that's a fact. But he still broke it in lesser games with higher efficiency, and LeBron is still not even a good three point shooter. But this record. I don't think people even thought LeBron was going to play for 20 seasons and for 20 years in the NBA. Do you get it? Nobody thought that, let alone that he was going to break it. Because for you to break it, even Karim said it, you needed extreme dedication, fitness, long, the, aside the longevity, you just needed to be up your game every single time. And it, 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 this, this, fit, this fit needed mad consistency and being at the top always for it to be broken. And as I said, from the first day LeBron came into the league, I don't, I didn't ever think this was ever going to happen. So until like three seasons ago that we were counting, and I was like, yeah, this is very possible. But yeah, I didn't know even LeBron was going to play 20 seasons. A lot of people didn't know. Even he, LeBron, didn't know he was going to play 20 seasons. So uh, this, this goes to Sam. Sam, I want to ask you this. LeBron was the most hyped high schooler ever coming into the NBA. I mean... Players like Kobe came straight from high school 
Kevin Garnett came straight from high school, and um, this 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 scorer and uh, this guy, I forgot the third person. Uh, what's his name? Anyways, you these two guys came straight out of high school, but even with them, they had they didn't have the hype the hype LeBron had. ESPN two was showing LeBron's high school games. It was the first televised high school game ever. With all the pressure, the chosen one being on Sports Illustrated and everything. Do you think LeBron has lived up to the hype? And did you watch the game? And what does this feat mean? Yeah, so um, I was comfortably asleep when LeBron broke this record. Um, you know, props to him. What he's done is incredible. Uh, his durability is a credit to him, to be honest. Um, to be able to play this long, this many games, um, you know, it's it's for me, I think LeBron is probably the greatest athlete ever to play in the nba i wouldn't say he's the greatest player um but i do think he's the greatest athlete to ever play and i think his longevity is a credit to him he's definitely lived up to the hype i mean you you can't take that away from him you know from a very young age being crowned the chosen one on the cover of sports illustrated espn all that stuff it's amazing but i think context is also very important um Kareem did what he did, shooting one single, not shooting, making one single three-pointer his entire career. Entire career, one three-point shot. LeBron has made over 2,000. Okay, when you take these things into account, of course, you can say that, well, LeBron did it in, less, in fewer games. Of course, he did it in fewer games um, because he's the greatest athlete we've ever seen. He's durable, he, and he performs consistently. But when you put everything together, for me, for me, right? When you put it into context, Kareem played four years of of, uh, of university, right? He, he played college ball for, th- for four years. And he then came to the NBA and played an additional 20, of, of 2018, something like that, if I'm not mistaken. And he did it in more games, but that's because he shot one single, well, he made one single three-point shot, right? And, and I'm not trying to be a LeBron hater. I just think it's very necessary for us to put it into context. Now, nobody can take this away from him. It's, it's in the books. He is the best of his era. And for that, I mean, because you said something I, I, I didn't think was, was uh, very fair to say that ever since he came into the league, he's carried it. LeBron came into the league when Shaq was still a thing, when Kobe was still a thing. T-Mac was still kind of doing his thing. Uh, LeBron has carried the league through the 2010s, undoubtedly. He's the greatest player of the 2010s. But let's also give the guys who came no, from I, the I, flowers. I, 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 yeah, but, you, but quick ones up. I don't think I was the one that said it. Whoever said it. I actually it. said he was the yeah, I was I actually said he was the most hyped. Yeah, but somebody said he carried the league. I think it was Lex. I think it was Lex. Yeah, it was Lex. It was Lex. Oh, yes. Lex was saying that Lex, yes. Lex was saying that since huh. he came, he has been a good role model. That he no, 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 no. He said he carried the league. He said he, he said carry the league. The other guys are on the on this call. They no. they heard it. I don't. They heard it. But I don't know if I exactly oh. used. Let, let me finish. I, have, I I no. I I actually don't even fault you for saying okay, that you, because okay, you, you can finish. say that. Yeah, you finish. Yeah, yeah, you finish. I I don't even think you can fault. I can fault you for saying that because to the best like. If you try to think back, when has LeBron not been there? So I, I respect that. And he, he has, in a very large part, carried the league. But everybody ate in LeBron's era. Everybody. Steph ate. Kawhi ate. 
I mean, Dirk Nowitzki ate. You know what I mean? And and it's not his fault, obviously, because greatness was around. It's probably the deepest league we've like in terms of talent um, that we can remember. But you know, at the end of the day, it's a great achievement. Congrats to LeBron. Congrats to uh, Maverick Carter and all the guys over there on his team. But at the end of the day, just scoring points doesn't make you the greatest ever. There are a lot of intangibles that you associate with the greatest ever. And for me, I would say LeBron is the greatest athlete. Probably, you could say the greatest ambassador of the game we've ever seen. But ultimately, for me, he is not the greatest player ever. Um, of my of the basketball that I watch, Kobe is my greatest ever. But objectively, just looking at not just the stats but also the intangibles, MJ still rules. MJ is still number one. And you could some you could even make the case that Kareem is number one. I think Kareem gets overlooked a lot of the time simply because he wasn't probably as flashy as others. He's seven foot, what, two, four, seven, yes, between seven, two and seven, four. You know, he just kind of stands down low, sky hook, the most unstoppable shot in the history of the game. So you could say it came easy to him, but he also played in an era where people could elbow you in the back and people could shiv you every time you made a move. So, you know, I think what we should do is we should, we should contain the greatest ever conversation to eras rather than just, you know, a broad statement that LeBron is the greatest of all time. But kudos to him, props to him. He is the goat of his era. Um, Yeah, today I'm the moderator, so I wouldn't go back and forth because there were some things you said that I could actually rebuff it, but not now. Or this this eight in this era, this eight in this era. is a funny conversation that I've had it a million times, and when I go this, I'm going to win, but not today. I'll come back to you on it. So, Kim, so did you watch the game? Well, and what yes, does this yes, fit mean to I you? I stayed up all night to watch the game. Oh, yes. um, I actually had a meeting the next morning, but so I, I went to the meeting with a red shirt eye, but yeah, it was, it was worth it. Um, it's, it's a great achievement, I won't lie to you, because um, in, in, in my lifetime, I never thought I would see someone break this record. There's a lot of points. 30, over 38,000 points is a lot of points. And as, as, you, as you rightly said, you would have to average 25 points per game for 18 straight seasons playing each and every single game, which sounds very impossible. So for me to be able to get the opportunity to, to witness this is, is, is just out of, out of this world. Um, people keep saying they're, they're trying to say this cements the fact that he's the greatest of all time blah 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 yeah as for that conversation it will keep going on day in day out every single time whenever ball fans meet it's going to come up what I would say is it, it adds up to his legacy it builds up his legacy the greatest of all time thing I think we have to cut it out we have to take it as every every single player and his or and his era, because if you try to mix match all the eras, it's it's a lot difficult than than you think. It's not as simple as you think, because one would say Jordan has six rings, he has five MVPs, he has this, he has that, and another person also tell you Jordan has uh, sorry, LeBron has this, LeBron has that. But as a fan of the game, I just en- I just enjoy the game as it is. Yes, I was not able to watch. Jordan playing his heyday, but I've watched LeBron play since day one. Since he entered the league, I've watched him 
Yes, maybe I might not catch every single game, but the most important games I've catch all of them. I've watched all of them, and his his greatness personified his greatness. So this argument of who is greater, one is greater than the other, eh, that I don't really buy it. But yeah, it's a great achievement, and and it's it's just spectacular. I'm I'm just sad that my people were not able to watch it because watching it in the moment at that time, being online reacting to it, watching it yourself, and it, it's just. It, it felt very nice. It felt very good. As as one one panel member already said, for when you look at his background, single parent household, a kid from Akron, um, very underprivileged, and he's able to work his way all through, from high school, then straight into the NBA. All the hype, as you already said, having the chosen one title, having to live to the hype, having to produce, and having to stay. As as good as he is, for as long as he has, it's it's just it's just mind boggling. Sometimes, sometimes we overlook certain things that happens in our in our lifetime because we seem to have been seeing a lot of talents coming up, uh, coming in and out of the league. So we seem to neglect a few things. But come on, he's been playing for twenty good years, and he's even 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 in his twentieth year, he's averaging about twenty seven points a game, which is come on. Let's 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 be honest to each other. Twenty-seven points again at age twenty, at season twenty, and you're still doing that. It's just crazy. So we should we should we should all try and appreciate what he's doing and and not nitpick and then poking holes and all that. It's, it's to me, it's not necessary. Okay, thank you, Ken. I do agree with you and some when you talk about the goats debates being error-based, I really do understand, but we have the media where they always want to, I mean, compare. So as they say, the, the saying goes that comparison is a thief of joy. Even in Lembrose moment where we had to enjoy it, you still watch sports media and it's like they are paid to do that. There's this and that. There's Jordan this, Jordan that, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's fine. Because me, when it comes to this argument, when it comes to players, I have seen I never watch Maradona. If I'm using the football context, I never watch Maradona. I never watch Pele. When he asks me my good, I'm going to put Messi first. I'm going to put Ronaldo second. I watched them from 18, when they were 18 years, to where they are now. I watched them. I saw what they did. I know what they made me feel. So everybody's top five, everybody's good is going to be different. As Sam said, it's good. It's Kobe. I can't fault him for that. But he's trying to say objectively, that's MJ. That's him. I'm not here to change anybody's mind. What LeBron has done is crazy. He has most of the youngest ever and most of the oldest ever record. He broke the playoffs all-time score a long time ago. All the stats is top two or top three in the playoffs. I mean, we can go on and on, but everybody's good is different. And we are not here to debate the good decision here. And as I said, the third question I was going to ask, most of you have already answered it. So we just move on to the trade deadline. I mean, there were a lot of crazy movements this time around. And I, for one, I expected some, but I didn't know this would be the craziest, craziest, most like um, anticipating uh, um, trade deadline ever. Like I've watched it, I've witnessed trade deadline where one star have moved like last season like this. It was just hardened and moved to the success. No other big A-lister left. But you've had Kyrie, you have had KD, all of them moving. And there's been so many movements back into the West. 
the East was the difficult um, conference right now, but it's look, it looks like right now it's the West and it's not even close. Because let's go through some of the trades. The Suns. The Suns got Darius Beasley, Kevin Durant, and TJ Warren. And the players that left, Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Darius Sarich. And when you go to the Lakers, the Lakers got Mo Bamba, Alec Beasley, Rui Achimura. They got him before the trade, but yeah, it was still during the trade. Davon Reed, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt. So when you go to um, the Wolves, the Wolves actually got I Colony and Nicole Alexander Wanda. Alexander Walker, sorry. The Nets, the Nets really had a lot because I don't understand what the Nets were trying to do because if you are fourth in the East and you want to build around KD, why would you trade Kyrie? Because trading Kyrie, I don't know whether they thought trading Kyrie means KD was going to stay. Everybody knew those people were going to be together. Even if they were not going together, when you trade away his star, he will leave. So I don't know why, but we'll come to that. So the Nets got Michael Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Cameron Johnson. And the list goes on. And even the Clippers. The Clippers always lacked size when Zubac went to the bench. And they got Mason Plumlee, which is going to help them. They got good role players in and regarded in both Island. Both Island's move from Denver was really shocking to me because that guy, that guy is really, really good off the bench. He's one of the rising stars in the league. But yeah, NBA is a cruel business and you never understand. And the players that left were Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, and John Wall, John Wall, the they actually ended his contract. He's going back to um, the Rockets, which they will buy him out. So, and there's that too. And with the Instinct Conference, there wasn't a lot of movements. Uh, Atlanta got Sadiq Bay, Boston got uh, Muscala, Milwaukee got Jay Crowder, New York got Joe Schatz, Philadelphia got Jaylee McDaniels, Toronto got Chico Porto from the Space. So, not a lot of movements from there. And even with the Western Conference, Thomas Brown went to the Denver Nuggets, Golden State, Gary Payton, Jean, um, the second came back. I mean, I don't know why they treated him in the first place. I guess they needed a cap space to do all that. Things, but right now, he's back. Luke Kennard went to Memphis from the Clippers, as I said. Uh, New Orleans got George, Rich George Richardson from the Spurs. And Portland got Matthias Taibo from the Sixers. So going by this... Um, I want to know, is this the craziest trade deadline you guys have ever witnessed? Um, I want to start with Sam. Well, for, sh for sure, this is of my lifetime. Uh, definitely the craziest and most active, uh, well, I say most active, probably the biggest blockbuster trades um, that we've seen. But, you know, the funny thing about the Suns trade, right? Everybody's like, oh, Everybody's penciled the Suns in for the finals. I don't think it's that straightforward. From everything that we've seen um, from Chris Paul this season, he's not the same Chris Paul. Actually, we, we saw it last season in the final. Uh, he, he, I'm sorry, two seasons ago, right? He doesn't have it. And in the Western Conference Finals, we saw it as well. He's missing something. He's lost a step. So he can't, he, the brain is still there. The body isn't. So you have two aging superstars. Right. And in the NBA, K uh, KD is considered an aging superstar. He's in his 30s. Right. Um, you have two aging superstars who are not guaranteed to be on the court. 
KD's been hurt, I think, three out of the past four seasons, right? Chris Paul gets hurt all the time, especially in the playoffs. So their health has to hold up. But they also lost Mikhail Bridges and they lost Cam Jordan, Cam Johnson. Cam, yeah, both of them, great, 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 great teammates, great wing players, spread the floor. So yeah, they have a, a more potent lineup right now, but they have a much shallower bench. Um, for me, I think the per- the people who actually won the trade deadline quietly was uh, the 76ers, right? They have added somebody who is both a defender and scores. The problem with Matthias Teibel was that he can't score. Great defender, shuts down the wings, but then on the other other side of the floor, the team is on the opposing team is is guarding only four players because they know he can't shoot, right? And what he does best, which is cutting on cutting cutting to the basket on the baseline, he wasn't on a team that that really looks for that type of look, right? So um, they've added somebody who can help them, if not as much, but very close to what Tybal gave them, and at the same time, they've added like offense so they still have the defense right but now they've added the offense Joel Embiid is playing out of his mind MVP level that nobody's talking about snub for the all-star he's hungry James Harden for the first time in his career actually looks like he wants to play point guard and not this flopping you know shooting guard uh, point guard hybrid that never really made sense especially in the playoffs so for me, I think the 76ers won this trade deadline. Already great team, second in the second in the in uh set well trading places with with Bucks. Bucks are catching up, but in second or third in the in the in the East, added offense that they were lacking because they had Tybal. And now, you know, they can make some moves in, in the East and who knows, they might even catch Boston because Boston is kind of floundering at the moment. So the blockbuster trades, and then of course there's the Kyrie show, which in my in my opinion, no matter where Kyrie goes, it will fall apart. The only person who's been able to get the best out of Kyrie is LeBron James. And last I checked, Luka Doncic is not LeBron James. As a matter of fact, Luka Doncic is probably the antithesis of LeBron James. He is not a pass-first point guard, or even can we even call him a point guard? He's more he's like the size of a forward, right? But he plays essentially point guard. And he's I ball. Mean, why, he's, why, why even why even think about it? With what you've mentioned right now, there's there, there are not many quintessential uh, um, point guards in the, absolutely in the NBA now. It, it yep. was two guards, shooting guards that are masquerading at point guards. The exactly. few ones I left is maybe Ross and CP3, just a few people. So yeah, you can go. Yeah, on. absolutely. And, and CP3 really, I think, is probably the last of the great pure point guards in the league right now. Right. So now you're you're sharing yeah. the ball between Kyrie and Luca, ball heavy, very, very like high usage players. How are you gonna how are you gonna make that work? And we all know Kyrie's a bit uh what's the kind way of putting it is temperamental. Uh so how is he gonna deal with that? I don't think I think it was uh subtraction by addition with the maps personally. So yeah, for me, 76 was one. We'll see how it goes with the with the Suns if they can keep everybody on the on the on the court. They have a chance. And um, other than that, I, I think it's still the same players before the trade deadline um, who are in the mix. And I think the, the 76ers took a step forward in that, in that, in that race.
Jerry, you're muted. Yeah, sorry about that. Just to quickly add to what we were saying. The reason why people don't trust Joel Embiid and the success is because one, Doc Rivers is a serial bottler. And we've seen Joel Embiid either always injured in the playoffs or not showing up as well. And then there is Harden. We still saw them last season together. So people, it's, it's very okay for people to question them because they can't get it done. And we've seen them and see them several times. They can be quietly building. Yep. And once they get to the postseason, something happens. So no, with the right. Suns, right? You're right. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Yeah, so with the Suns, I wouldn't consider um, KD an aging superstar because right now he's still the best player in the league. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league because my best player in the league is still um, the Greek freak. You understand? When he's, he's on the floor, Jerry. When he's from... on the floor. When he's on the floor. He's not. He just, he literally I just mean, came back from injury, bro. Yeah, but but let me, let, let me give you the what he's doing actually this season. He's shooting a career high field goals percentage, which is fifty six percent. That's his best ever. He's playing defense, the defensive we share and everything is his best ever. And his even his assist is higher this season than ever, than ever than ever. When Kyrie wasn't around, he was still carrying the nets and they were still in top five in the East before even Kyrie came. You understand? So when fit KD Booker and CP3, all things being equal, are going to be dangerous. But what is going to worry them is the lack of others. They don't have others on the bench because they gave a lot out and they don't have quality on the bench. So they need to fill that role. They need to fill that spot with quality role players that's going to help them because they are top heavy right now. So that is what is going to worry them a bit. But Chale, you have the 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 uh, the best weapon in the NBA and you give him to the coach that executes the fourth quarter more than anybody else. You understand? That's the finish fin coach. So I mean they are dangerous, but personally when you talk about it, I still think the Nuggets are still the best in the West. But we are gonna see how it shapes us from now. So Tweedy, so to ask Tweedy about this, um is this the craziest Deadline day you've witnessed and who are the winners and losers of this trade line, trade deadline day? Yeah, so it's definitely the wildest trade deadline. Um, I think I've probably witnessed definitely by by far, especially how things escalated in just a few hours. It was it was it was mad. It was mad. So I was thinking whilst um Sam was talking, I was thinking about like who were like the biggest winners, and I was I was about to say the Clippers, because they added um, Highland and Gordon and uh, what's his name, Plumlee. So they, they they have very, very good players on the bench. So I was, I was going to put the Clippers, but listening to you guys talk, I think I might have to go Suns. I might have to go Suns because KD is such a huge piece to put on, on the board, right? Like, it sways... It's, it's, it's like you've moved LeBron or Steph. It's a huge piece to add to anything. And the Suns, right? They, the, way they, the way the season started for them, it started very well. In the middle, they were faltering and they got it back up. But when the injury started happening, that's when things started to go down for them, right? So I'm only saying this just because I've seen CP, I've seen Devin Booker and Aiton. I've seen them as a collective go to the NBA Finals. They, they messed up last year. I've seen them go to the NBA Finals when they are whole. Oh, I've seen that. So adding KD into that mix, I know CP is 
injury prone when he gets to the playoffs he might miss like a whole series i he, i know that that could easily happen but i've seen devin booker's um, progression as a ball handler with his time with cp so sometimes if you watch phoenix if you watch some of their games devin booker brings the ball up right he's sometimes he starts the, the sets the offensive sets when they're about to set up their offense and their motion like everything when cp is not on the floor when cp isn't on the floor so i think with the addition of kd into that mix right i think he gives them a lot of dynamism and as you know scoring and you know with scoring comes spacing their ball removing a lot they'll be you'll be finding open shooters and i think we've all missed this but tj warren is also on the suns low-key is a huge piece it's not as big as obviously not as big, big as kd but if you want to say like in terms of fits because you know tj one is kind of he's, he's like a plug-and-play guy you put him here she's going to shoot threes he might open up he might freeze the bubble, the bubble mj the bubble mj exactly so having a guy like him on the bench right is going to help out the phoenix uh, second unit and it's going to it's going to it's going to um give a big help to when the starters are not on the floor and and even when you want to put the devon booker on the bench them have some rest you want to put KD on the bench then have some rest you can you can do all that you can mix and match you can do lots of things with tj warren into that mix so yeah that's with the phoenix suns that's for this that's for the phoenix one the phoenix suns sorry i don't know if there's any other question maybe i've missed something i don't want to Overtop. Can I jump it? Can Bye. I jump it real quick? This yeah, is a question sure, for sure. everybody. For everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, you can. You can. How many games did Kyrie and they were in the they were on the Nets for four years? How many games did they mm-hmm. play together the entire four years? Are you talking about Harden, KD, and then Kyrie? No, just specifically KD and Kyrie. Okay, so I want to preface it with Harden. Okay, Harden, KD, and Kyrie. I think they were in like a mini, like, like, like um under 200 games with they played under 100 they played under 100 just kd yeah. just kd and kyrie, also just so KD this, and kyrie. Yeah, i'm not surprised exactly yeah, surprised. yeah and that's you see that's my point though right as great as kd is he's been very mm. very very injury prone the past few years he is True. the most lethal weapon in the league no doubt for me the best player in the league right now but can he stay on the court? And that's my whole thing with with the Suns. We have to wait to see oh, yeah, how yeah. I health agree. pans I agree. out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because even with the way I the way I like to make uh, my opinion on certain teams and certain players, especially with trades, I want to see how the player fits. Let's say like 10, 15 games. Let's see how they all fit as a mix. Because you don't. It's not really about just on the court them playing. It's outside the court. How they how they talk to each other how they respect each other if they don't respect whatever how they how they gel well it's, it's, it's going to be how they they, they mix well apart from yes. just on the court yeah so alexis I, I, I just, you can come in yeah i just wanted to make a point I, I i think that as i don't think you're going to find a bigger kd fanboy than me i am i'm having to kd um in a lot of ways i even model my my game after after him but to say kd is the best playing the NBA right now and it's, it's taking a bit of a stretch. We have someone who's won two back-to-back MVPs. is on the caps of winning the third one. Um, I sincerely think that the best player in the NBA right now 
is Giannis. Like it gives you two way efforts. And so like yeah, I think time, that, that's that that's what that's what I said. Uh, I was like, what yeah, KD, KD is like, two way too. KD is two way as well, man. No, 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 KD is also two way. We've not seen we've not seen yeah, but, but the same amount of outputs like both ways like Yanis has in, in the past like five years. And so like I'm I'm a bit more like careful in, in crowning KD as being the best player in the NBA now, especially after what um Jokic and then and then Yanis have been able to do. But going back to, to what the main question has been all this time, which is which team won the NBA um deadline day. And I think it was it was Sam, if I'm getting right, who said that that he believes that it was the success who were the the winners on the day. I actually think that they were the losers on the day because what what you what you did was that you practically shipped up one of your best perimeter defenders in Tybal away. Yes, his his in the shooting flank right now and he's not doing so well. But what you've done is you you took Tybal out. His effort on defense is not something you're going to get from Dylan McDaniels, who is very good from the triple line, but isn't as solid of a defense as you will need. And in the postseason, you you notice that teams are able to shrink the, the, their defense onto the perimeter and they're comfortable allowing you hit mid-range mid shots. That is not his specialty. So beyond someone giving you three-point output, you do not get much else from them. What I also feel they're going to struggle with is they were not able to get a backup for Joel Embiid. Yes, you can make the fine case and saying that PJ Tucker is going to play minutes in that position. But if you're playing in against, say, Celtics and they go like heavy on, on, the, on their backs, then you begin to struggle because then you don't have players to be able to like do that for you. Maybe you can say that on the buyout market, they can get someone who can play backup for, for Embiid. But in the same offseason, where in the same deadline day where you saw like the Clippers get Plumlee, you saw the Nuggets get Thomas Bryant, and you saw the Celtics get like Muscala. They are not on the same level as as Embiid, but they give you like very solid backup minutes, and that is what the Celtics, the the the, the Sixers do not have right now. So I think that that, that might be their struggle. The winners oh, for but, me, uh, but Lexus, um, a quick one before you continue. They already have a backup center in Montresaro. Who? Tres, Tres, Montresaro. Lex, that is exactly no. what everybody said when he said Montresaro. Everybody said who? Yeah, who? <laughs> 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 I mean, talking about talking about backup centers. I mean, he's a backup center, so. No, yeah, I, mean, but like, he, I mean, he's a placeholder. He's a placeholder. Let's yeah, not yeah. talk. Let's okay. not say he's basically, a backup. Bro. Come on, basically. <laughs> if, you see, if you see all the players who are available, who moved, like I mean, you're not saying that. Yeah, he's won six months in the in the past, but right now his output is in like on the same level, like Muscala, the likes of like Bryant, even Plumlee. He's serviceable to a certain point, and then it becomes like he doesn't give you as much effort. And that's why, like in the past two seasons, when it goes like crunch, um, it's usually very benched. And Lex, if you don't, if you don't mind, I don't want to, I want to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. About, about the Tybo thing, so um, I don't know if you remember about. The beginning of the season again, so getting to around this time, Taibo's minutes deplenished. Like it went down totally. Yes. I think he even has a few DMs. He was playing like seven right? minutes. He was playing like seven exactly, minutes again. Exactly. Yeah, it so was negligible. I, I, I understand your I understand your point, but Doc basically made it almost like negligible whether he was there or not. I, I, I get your points in the playoff. Things get tight and you will need defense or that XYZ. But in the large in the larger scheme of things, he wasn't playing. So that was that's just it yeah. for that side. You see. I'm usually very careful in judging players and their outputs, especially when they're playing for certain coaches. So there might be a certain player who you're not seeing gets heavy minutes. You're absolutely right. You yep. change the environment and then you change their coach. Then suddenly they just they just they just find a spark again. And I think that's something that's terrible. And 
him moving to a team, my team, now he, he goes to like the Trailblazers, which is my team. And that excites me. He went me to your team. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, yeah, fan? Fan. Like, oh my for me, God. It, it's like, I'm so sorry. It's like, yeah, that's. That's my hometown team, so that's. But the thing is, yeah, he's the hardcore yeah. Blazers fan. Yeah, that that's what happens when you have a part of a family that comes from Portland. But it's fine. The thing is, he he's serviceable to a point. You you have to know how to use him under the right circumstances for you to be able to get the best output from him. Um, and so I think that in in a lot of ways, the Sixers might have some struggles when they do play um, in the postseason because then you're going to find. It's, when they're coming up against uh, teams that are like very good like, perimeter players, then they're going to find struggling because already Harden isn't going to give you the best of defenses, and you've already taken like Tybo, who was going to like maybe give you a net positive from Harden's um, play. I also just think that in the grand scheme of things, even though I'm excited for what the the Phoenix Suns look right now, you also begin to look at death issues. Like in the grand scheme of things, when you're playing like seven players. It might not be a challenge, but if you're ha- going to have to play players like Chris Paul, like Harden, like Booker, who have in only the last two years suffered significant injuries, you're putting a lot of your back- baskets in, a lot of your eggs in baskets that are not strong enough. And that is what might be my, my biggest struggle. Like, Kiri has suffered like even knee and ankle and ACL injuries. Um, Chris Paul has had Achilles, you forgot his Achilles as Booker well. Booker has huh? had very freak injuries in the past. And so, to put Achilles, yeah, let's not say the ACL. So, if you're putting all of this, all of these things, all of your eggs in this basket, yeah, on the, on paper, it looks very good. But all you just need is one bad for 10. One, one little bump in the chest, and then all of these players are out. So, yeah, even though the sounds look like they're winners right now, they're winners with, with, with an asterisk. I agree. I okay. Agree. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so, okay. Can I jump in real quick just for something that? Sorry, okay, Kim, Sam, I'm, I'm sorry. Sam, but Lex, after you, then Kim goes. Yeah. Lex, here's what you have to realize, right? Tybo wasn't playing. Their their defensive efficiency was still pretty high, right? So he <coughs> he wasn't a net add or a net subtraction from from the Sixers as they were constructed. You take him out. You bring in somebody who's a serviceable defender, but also has offensive output. So in any way you look at it. He is a plus. He's an addition. Thibault was 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 insignificant to the team as constructed, whereas McDaniels can bring something to the table that Thibault just couldn't. Yeah, my, my, my only my rebuttal God. to that will be that Thibault, I'm I'm sure it might come down at some point that he had a fallout with, with Doc. But McDaniels, outside of the three-point line, Gives you literally zero. Like his, he can't even go got a cone if he left him alone. Oh, but 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 Lex, not not to cut you. Even though I'm cutting you, but not to cut you. That's a professional <laughs> thing you say. <laughs> Jelly McDaniel's can actually play. Uh, uh, no, that's not who they got. They got. Uh, hey, sorry, Jelly McDaniel. Yeah, they're going. That's yeah, who they got. Yeah, going. He can actually play. Some I watched um, the Lakers against the Spurs, and he was even um, playing shift as a center because he's six nine. You understand? Yeah. But what you need to understand about um, Matthias Taibo's minutes were in the beginning. I didn't understand why, but if 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 you remember the start of the season, the Sixers were still struggling. Why? Because they had both PJ Tucker and Taibo on the floor. 
with both of them zero offense. Exactly. You understand? Exactly. So you have to sacrifice one. PJ Taka is the better defender, experienced defender, and he has been there. Remember they brought Daniel House to from um, the Rockets. You understand? Because Harden has also played with him and all of that. So they had to make a sacrifice. And they this season, they were prioritizing Shake Milton because he has been very, very good. To the extent that right now, they've moved uh, um, this guy um, to the bench. They moved Tyrese Maxi to the bench ever since he came back from injury because Doug Rivers is saying that this guy needs to run the second unit. Because Matthias Taibo was always going to lose with his lack of offense. You understand? And mm. if you need winners down and people that have done it before, they chose between um, P.J. Taka and him. But then again, as you said, there might be something that happened between him and Doc Rivers because when you're talking about one of the best on-board defenders in the league is Tybo. Somebody that can actually defend the weak side is Tybo. But his offense was nothing to write on the world. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't believe that I'm dying on this hill where I have to be a sexist-like a sexist apologist. But the thing is, Tybo, for a lot of for a lot of people who do not necessarily watch him, and I, I spent a lot of time like watching him at the Olympics because I was interested in seeing, like, because the Blazers were always like connected to him. So, um, and he shares the same agent with with Dame, so I was always interested in seeing like his development because I was curious, knowing that down the line he might actually show up in Poland. His he needs to be in a certain specific role for you to see his output. You need him against a point guard that is at least very serviceable on defense. Harding doesn't give you that. With Dame, Dame is not the best of defenders on the perimeter, but at least he's going to put in an effort. And so it's going to cancel him out. And I think you made my case for me when he said that between him and PJ Taka, that to make a decision in terms of like who they were going to go with. And Doc is, Doc's guy is PJ. And so that was why Tybal was suffering. So now in a very different environment, he's, he's going to do very well over there. Um, I can't believe that, again, in, in an NBA deadline day where we are, we are looking at winners, we're looking at the success. I do not think that they are going to come out from the, from the East. I sincerely do not think so. I think the two best teams in the East is the Celtics and the Bucks. And the Bucks actually had in, had in like the Crowder, to me, is a bigger addition than anybody in the East has done for this, for this deadline day. And when you go over to the West, seeing what Phoenix has done and actually seeing what the Timberwolves did on the edges, even though it doesn't elevate, elevate them from where they are now to like the top echelon, it at least gives them serviceable players that they can use to be able to like enhance um, Carlton and then, and then Edwards. And so I think in the grand scheme of things, I, I don't necessarily see this, this NBA deadline day being like big hitters. Yes, I, if you look on the board, the players that moved, like they're very sexy names. You look at them and it's intriguing. It's like, ooh, these are like flavor of the month. But I do not think that they changed the NBA landscape as much as we would like to believe. It really did. It really did. Um, Ken, I'll come to you shortly. The reason why I'm telling you that is when Jared Morant did that interview, right, and they asked him about the West and he said he was good in the West, because the West has been wide open and the difficult conference was the instant conference. You understand? Right now, when you look at the West, you have KD, you have Kyrie, you have uh, Luca, you still have LeBron, you still have AD. I mean, even though they are lingering around 13, they are still going to make a push. You still have Kawhi, you have Paul George. Look at the stats in the West right now. It has made the West more difficult to the extent that when the playoffs come right now, you're going to have teams in first place, they are going to play teams in fourth or fifth or sixth. That could be knocked out. You understand? Right now, the West is very... 
But my point is that if you look at the West, outside of KD moving to the Suns, who was the next player who moved? So Nicole you don't think Kyrie moved? You don't think Kyrie moving? Oh, Kyrie! Let's not talk about Kyrie. It's a big deal. Let's not talk about Kyrie. I could argue that, but I'm giving you two. So, so, so I'm giving you two. No, no, I can't give you two. You, 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 relax. We will, we will, we will come to this right now. Let me take King's opinion because in our next question we'll talk about the Nets' victory and where it went wrong. But I want to take. King's opinion okay, on okay. the trade deadline. Um, King. Heard you guys talk about, uh, the trade deadline, yes, it's, it's been one of the most interesting trade deadlines in the past few years, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not lying. Um, it's because there were big names that moved on the deadline. Usually big names move over the summer, but the hell has a case where the big names decided to move on the, on the trade deadline, which was very interesting. Um, I know you guys have spoken a lot about the about the Suns trade and then um the 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 Sixers, but the Kyrie Mavs trade, uh, as as some as some keep saying, it doesn't really change anything per se for the Mavs because me I think they actually lost because you lost your defense you lost um most of your defense to someone who barely plays defense. Yes, it's going to add up to the scoring to the offense, but he also needs the ball. And your primary scorer, who is Luca, is one of the. He's one person who has the one of the highest usage rates in in the league at the moment. So, do you think Kyrie, as his mindset is now that we've seen over the past five years or so, will he take a backseat to Luca? Will he be able to give the ball to Luca and expect to get the ball probably um ten seconds before the shot clock expires or something? It, it it's it, it looks good on paper, but trust me, I don't think it will work. By the end of the by the end of the season, I'm sure he's going to either he's going to trade himself or um, he's not going to sign back, and then some other team would have to pick him up. That's with the carry trade. With the Suns trade, yes, KD tips the skill much more than um, Kyrie does, but then also um, with them, it's all borders to health. As most of you already said, um, CP has not been the most healthiest. We all know with the track record. Devin Booker, for some reason, these past two seasons when they've been they've gone deep into the playoffs, he turns up at the at the latter part when he's needed the most. Either pulls a hamstring, either his ankle or something, and then he, he turns to let's go, and then that will be the end of the season for them. So, um, and then eighteen, January eighteen, sometimes. When, when you watch that game, sometimes you ask yourself, is he really on the floor? Is he really willing to play the game? Because we know who you are. We know what you can do. You've shown us what you can do. You can give us 20 and 18 every, at any given day. But sometimes he, he just walks around the court as if, as if he doesn't care, as if, as if what's going on on the court is, is something that is second to, to him. So I, I don't know. But um, with them, the, factor, the, one, the number one factor I would say is um, it will be health. Health will play a big factor with them. And then um, also for them to be able to actually sit down and then communicate and then bring in, if they're able to bring in 18 on board, I'm sure they'll be able to do wonders in the West. Then I'll move on to um, the Clippers who who quietly did a few moves that was interesting because they let, they let go of, of Reggie Jackson. They brought in Eric Gordon. And then the, the whole of today, I've been, I've been reading online and then it's as if 
they are they are making a play for Westbrook. I don't know how true that is, but they're making a play for Westbrook. So if Westbrook is able to come back to the Clippers, is able to come to the Clippers, and it's 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 acceptable to play from the bench, it's going to help them because we all know where they are top two, which is PG and then Kawhi, their their starting five is okay, but then they have a lot of issues when when their second team comes on because the second team is mm, is very doubtful. It's very very doubtful. So that would be it for the Clippers for me. Um, with my Lakers, I'm a Laker fan, by the way. But with my Lakers, um, I think we did we did a good move, letting go of Westbrook, and then getting some some sharpshooters, um, Russell and then um, Malik Beasley. Russell, yes, is sort of like a point guard. He, he's a point guard, but then he doesn't really need a ball per se because if, if you watch him, if you watch him even even with the Wolves, he he plays off the ball a little bit. And and that's I think that's going to help LeBron because we all know LeBron has needs the ball, not necessarily needs the ball, but he's always with the ball. And then if he has someone who is able to create his own shot and is able to just dump the ball to once a while, not consistently, but once a while, it it aids him. Also, Russell is, is a good three point shooter, so if if we drive and then he kicks out the ball, yes, we can be able to get some shots. Malik Beasley also be able to make some shots and then I, I think that's I think that's a good trade. And then finally the trade I'll talk about would be um Golden State's going going in for um GP the second and then letting go of of, of Wiseman. Which I don't know if it's a business move or I don't know because Wiseman, yes, he's not really shown a lot of potential, but he's still the number I think he's the number two pick or number one pick, I've forgotten. But he's still he's still quite up there and then I know he has a lot of potential. He can he can do something, but then letting him go for Gary Payton the second is is a bit of a head scratcher for me. But what? Well, yes, because really, man, Sam, you no, let him go and then you... no, you see, yes, but, but sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But what what Gary Payton brings to the the Warriors is exactly what they need. That tenacity, because. What's his name can't do it at the high, at uh, Draymond Green can't do it at the high clip that he used to. So they need that second person with the energy, with with the drive to really just bolster both on the defensive and offensive end. Because on the offensive end, he's no scrub either. So I think it's actually a great pickup. Because let's be honest, Wiseman hasn't given Golden State anything yeah, he, since they drafted. GP is a great pickup. I'm that one. I'm not. I'm not doubting. It's a great pickup. What I'm saying is. To let go of Wiseman for him, it's a bit of a head scratcher, honestly. Because right now, right now you have right now okay, you have GP. How long do you have GP for? And and in any case, yes, he's going to be he's going to be sort of like the second the backup for um for Green for Draymond Green. But um honestly, okay, we'll see. Time time will always tell, so we'll see. So um yeah, Gerard, that would be that be it for the trades for me. It's it's very it's an very interesting trade deadline, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens by then. Yeah, Ken, Ken, to, to back what Sam is saying, Gary Payton Jr. is what they need right now. Weissman was being shuffled between the G League and back and being on the bench. Anytime he plays, he was like a cone on defense. He was still a shell of himself. You understand? You still see the frustration of Gary's eyes and even in Draymond Green's eyes. Sometimes he still misses the place and all of that. They didn't lose anything with by letting him go because most of them they even still go with a small ball lineup. You understand? So 
I don't think it was really anything. But one thing I want to address before we go to our next segment is the disrespect Russ is getting from a lot of reporters. You understand? Yes, it didn't fit. I personally wanted him off the Lakers because it didn't fit. But to call him a vampire, to disrespect his name oh, no, and all those things. Know, I mean, what foul, is life? Foul. Yeah, I mean... No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's really disrespectful. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, you are calling him Ra- Russell Westbrook and everything. And for you, for you, for, for you, the, the Manaman, uh, McManaman, like, I really do respect you as one of the top reporters in LA. But for you to actually go and say that and to say one source and which source, me and the source, yeah, I know it's Phil Handy. Was he, I'm not Name the source you know, if you're going to say something that nasty, it, bro. I agree with you. Yes, yeah, say exactly. with your chest. Say you with your chest. Like, yeah, say, say with chest. your chest. And for you to just, like, I know, like, yo, it didn't work out in, in the Lakers, but Russ has never been a terrible uh, teammate where, like, the guy has always been showing up every evening with energy, regardless of trade rumors from day one, from beginning of the season before, every day trade Russ, do this, do that, do that. I'm also part because I know he didn't fit and I wanted him gone. But I will never disrespect him by like that was far, bro. That was far in a day and age where anything you say goes far. Like, come on, man. That was really low blow. And Lakers fans are one of the most toxic fans I know. And I'm telling you, this is facts. They are too toxic. Majority of them, they are too too toxic. I know, I know they are spoiled. Bro, 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 with, it's terrible. Uh, titles it's terrible. And things, it's but terrible. it's bad. Like, it's bad. It's like, it's, it's like a player can't even do anything wrong one day. And the next day, they will get them fuck out of here, blah, blah, blah. Like, are you serious right now? The guy came to play for his home home team. You understand? The team he has been supporting since he was a child. He had come back. He wanted to help. It didn't work out. Move on. That's fine. But all this, I, did, I hate it when players move on and the media want to trash them and do that. And some of them have been ex-players too. So for you to be doing this, it's really foul. But quickly to our next segment. The Brooklyn um, Big Three. The false Big Three. I mean, some asked earlier on how many games did Kyrie and KD play together. That was 74. Total, uh, with, with the three of them playing together, um, I don't even think they even played, I think they played like, what, 25 games together or something like that with the big three. You understand? Um, in recent years, there's been a, a lot of big threes, but to me personally, I think this might go down as the biggest failure ever. And a quick one, without actually um, staying for long, because you've done an hour, I just want to know your opinion quickly. What do you think went wrong? Where did they go wrong? And who is to blame? More I'll take this first. This? I will definitely take this first. Yeah, yeah, Sam. Sam. <laughs> Who's to blame? Want to go with Kyrie. Kyrie oh, Kyrie, listen, Kyrie, man. Kyrie agenda. Kyrie Bruh, agenda. Nah, Kyrie, Kyrie is toxic. We saw, it, we saw it at the end of the run with the, with the Cavs. We saw it in Boston. Okay. And now we're seeing it with the Nets. We've seen it with the Nets. You, they handed, Josiah made a big, big, big mistake, right? He handed over his franchise, not to his GM. He handed it over, and not his coach. He handed it over to the players. We all know the only reason that Kyrie was there is because KD wanted him there. And the only reason Harden came, I, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and he dropped this bomb that, as a matter of fact, both James Harden and and uh, KD called Joe Sai and told him, bring me to the Nets. And he was gone in less than a season, bro. Look, at the end of the day, take James Harden out. He's a non-factor. He was there for two seconds. Kyrie Irving is the problem. 
The off-court stuff, we're not going to get into that, but that was a distraction. The vaccination stuff, a distraction, not just a distraction, but also affected the team. And then he has the freaking nerve to go to the Mavs and say, I led, I was a selfless leader. I thought about my teammates. No, you didn't. You didn't. At the end of the day, what we've seen from Kyrie Irving is that he is selfish. He is aloof. He's lost. He doesn't know what he's talking about because nobody who is in their right mind after what they've done can stand behind a podium and say, yeah, I led by example. I thought about my teammates. I was selfless. You weren't, dude. You were not selfless. And everywhere you've gone, you've left a track record of havoc, havoc. Right? He, he had the nerve to say, I left him in a good place. I left him in fourth place. Fourth place. With those, with those talents that you have and with, with the big names that you have, you shouldn't be in fourth place. You should be first or second. And some would even argue you should only be first. Real, of course, you can say health, health, health. But at the end of the day, the things so, that so, he did... Yeah, go ahead. So with what you're saying, are you actually saying that he lacks self-awareness and he was actually very ungrateful? Absolutely. And then Absolutely. that's right to put exceptions in this deal? Absolutely. And then beyond that, he, the only reason he's gone is because he, he asked for a trade. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, he asked for a trade. Okay? So we cannot... Let's not sit here and make it... Look, talent-wise, he's untouched. Like, ball handle, making his own shot, finishing at the rim. A small man, right? A small guy. We haven't seen someone finish at the rim that small since Iverson, I would say. Right? He Even is, since Iverson, I still think... As everybody says, he's the best finisher at the ring, six foot under, like yeah. um, six three and under. He's great. The ring, yeah. He's great. Um, but Sam, he's great, Sam, but let he me, sucks you everything bit. out of your team. Go ahead, man. Sam, so um, you were saying the trade came out of nowhere, right? I don't think it came out of nowhere because when when some of the details came out, there was a stipulation. They wanted to put something in his contract that says I think he wanted the max two hundred million something, and they put in there something about championship. I think that was what caused everything. Aside, but that, issues he but has that's what they it. should ask. Aside the issues, that's he has, what they should he has ask from him, bro. No, that's what they should ask from him. No, 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 but it's unfair. It's unfair. Like that's that's a yeah. bit ridiculous. You are telling a player that, oh, you there? If you want this money, go and bring me a championship, right, bro? Like, <laughs> what kind of what kind of contract is that? You are basically if, telling if, me. It, Basically, if we're you know, dealing they, they with all your drama, them. that's the least we can ask. If that's if if we're dealing with all your off court drama. That's the least we can ask. That's a bit ridiculous, honestly speaking. Okay, okay. No, okay see, the so, thing is so, going to put uh, that. Is you, you want to... I think the Nets, what the Nets failed to do is what you, you would say in corporate governance as being due diligence, is that when you're bringing someone into your quarter setup, if you're bringing someone into your environment, the most basic thing you do is to do your due diligence do the background check and know the individual they're bringing into your house. It's as simple as that. What KD, what's, what Kyrie did when he was in Cleveland, what he did when he was in Boston, the, the writing was in large fonts on the wall. It was easy for everyone to say that this individual was temperamental, this individual was moody, was emotional, with, with no clear conscience on the things that he was doing. He lacked a huge sense of self-awareness. He didn't know when to take sort of responsibility for some of his actions. And this were this this was things that pretty much most GMs knew about Kyrie. Now if KD is telling you that I'm only coming to Brooklyn if you bring Kyrie along with me, 
and and those were the terms that Kyrie, those were the terms that KD put out. Almost like what Kawhi told the Clippers that if you want me to sign up, please bring Paul George along with me as well. And that, that's the only reason why I'll sign up. Yes, but you have to find a way of convincing KD that it is you we want, and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we bring in other superstar level players to play alongside with you. But this particular individual, he's shown time and time again that he's very reckless with his decision making and he doesn't extend any bit of responsibility on himself, not much to his own teammates. And so, even in the beginning, even in the beginning, the Nets should have known this was going to go left. They should have known. It was, it, was, it was clearly easy for them to be able to tell, but sometimes you get a little into your own head and believe that you have a culture set up that is going to insulate some of the, the temperamental issues that players bring in. You think that your culture has enough sort of fortitude to be able to go like, no, this individual might come and they can be a toxic person that spreads a bit of like so, unfamiliarity. So, okay, so Alexis, with all you said, I've heard everything I say. So are you trying uh, to say that I you think, are blaming the some, front I think office? Sam wasn't done with this point. Or... Yeah, yeah I'll, come, I'll come back to Sam. I'll come back to Sam. But if, if, I want to ask Alexis, if, right now, where do you start? Are you blaming the front office or who are you blaming? At the end of the day, it's, quack, it's, it's, it's on your side. It's on your side. Yes. If a duck, if, if a duck quacks, if a duck flaps, if a duck takes to the water, what do you call it? You call it a duck. Yes, are you sure? Person, Wait, oh, are, you blaming, are you blaming the owner or the GM? I'm blaming the GM. Because Sean Max is the GM. Yes, I'm blaming okay. the GM. Sean I'm, Max, I'm blaming Josiah. I'm saying sure. like... Okay. Sean so, so Max. I'm blaming him because the thing is this. Like, you could tell that this person was going to be a toxic person to fit into your own culture. Kyrie is who he is. Kyrie is always going to be who Kyrie is. And so, if he comes and he, and, he, and he behaves the way he behaves, he just suddenly can turn around and go like, oh, why are you all of a sudden doing this? When the person has shown in the past that this is the kind of behavior that he, he tends to like show to everybody. So, you blame the person who brought this individual in. Before he came in, the next season he had the best but, culture in the NBA. Lexus, Lexus, do you know that um, Kyrie, right? Do you know initially the Nets didn't want to trade for Kyrie, but it was supposed to be a package together with KD because initially they wanted just KD, but KD wasn't going to come without Kyrie. Yes, and when and they came, so then you let K- did, so then you no, but then you let KD go. Then you no, let KD go. No, Lex, you know ball. KD, hey, I said Lex, you know ball, bro. You know ball. <laughs> So, so, so you guys, they should have still stuck with Dimwidi. They should have stuck with all their pieces because they had, they actually had a good team going. But getting these guys didn't change anything. They, getting they these guys didn't change decent, anything. No, nah, I'm trying to say that. Decent, no, decent, no, man. they lost. They lost a lot of players to get KD and Kyrie. That's all I'm saying. They lost a lot of players to get. They lost Dilo. They lost to the Cavs. Rob Palinka is someone who has a lot of issues. And we can critique him, but even if he saw that, no, I'm not bringing this Kyrie dude into my into my into my franchise. Uh, like, the, the Lakers were in for better. He said no to LeBron. No, 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 that no, no, is no, what no. a good GM does. No. He said no, no, no to no, LeBron. No, 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 Sam, 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 Sam. We the <laughs> Lakers guys. I even though I'm a Lakers renter, let me tell you how it went down. Joe <laughs> Chai, they didn't want to give. Let me tell yeah, you something. They didn't want to. Happened. They weren't That's dealing uh, in good faith with the Lakers. They didn't exactly. want yeah, because he said he wouldn't send Kyrie to, to where to. he wanted to so, go. To exactly. To. So they gave, yeah. him, they gave yeah. him the middle. They gave him the middle finger. 
But, but I don't say, think they, they, I don't think Palinka would have taken him anyways. I don't think Palinka. Palinka. You no, know, he Palenka, did. No, let me tell you, yeah. we offered. Palinka no, no, wanted Sam, him. Let me tell Palenka you the breakdown. Him. Exactly, we offered our two first round pick. We yes. offered. We offered, offered uh, yes, Russell Westbrook. We offered everything. Let me tell you something. The the Nets were the ones licking what the Lakers were saying. They were the ones licking it to the media. I Secondly, too, they weren't. They didn't want to deal with us in good faith because they were later started requesting for. Uh, uh, Two, two, uh, two of our uh, young young chaps. They wanted Austin Reeves, and the other one, uh, the ones that were Max. You understand? And Max Christie. And the Lakers you were need, like, no, you need an elixir when you're taking in poison. You are. You need an elixir when you're taking poison. Look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, no, 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 Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Don't get it wrong. No, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Let's be serious. Don't be surprised if the end of the season. Don't be surprised if next season you see Kyrie in the Lakers jersey. Well, then enjoy. Oblivion, because that is so, what Kyrie so, so, brings so, 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 with him. Oblivion. Wow. Me, Moni, I still love Kyrie, though. Me, I still love Kyrie because Same. as long as there's LeBron there, they can control him. Okay, but... Yeah, but but you know, uh, with, with what you're saying, right, Lexis, I kind of do agree with you, and you might be one of the few people that actually blaming um, Sean Max for this, this experiment failing because they had a good culture Swayed away from it, went to uh, a star culture, failed, and they are back to this culture. And even though they were in the top four, they still miscalculated, and this has come. But, and but crap, yes, and crap. you're right. And so, Tweedy, yeah, so you can go then. Crap, goes. Um, uh, okay, mm-hmm. sure. Um, don't you think uh, Josiah was like a big factor in bringing in, like, going for KD and Kyrie? I don't want to put it squarely on Sean Marks' shoulders. Yeah, he was. Bob. I don't want to. He wanted the splashy, he, he, he wanted usually, the splashy signs. Yeah, he did. He made he, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But, he, but he, usually, he made the same usually, mistake. Uh, we blame, uh, but usually, why, we why? blame um, Palinka, not Ginny Bass. You understand? Usually, the owners are the owners, but the GMs that have been appointed, they are the ones that okay, can be but you see, yeah, but we don't know. Josiah is more hands on. Than he's more like Mark Cuban. Yeah, because, he's more like Mark Cuban. Yeah, he's like yeah, Cuban, exactly. exactly. He's like Cuban, yeah. Well, okay, like yeah. Cuban. So you you continue, continue, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, what was uh huh, yeah. Um, why the Nets big three field? Okay, I Kyrie's a big reason why it didn't work out. But I want to say Harden was also a, a reason why it didn't work out because Harden was not part of the plan. If you remember, it was supposed to be Kyrie KD, right? And Around the same time, that's when Harden put on weights, and Harden, um, though he he started didn't have the pieces the pieces he liked in Houston, and he was doing tantrum, doing X Y Z, blah blah blah. He came to the Nets, and things were working out initially, but he got injured. Kyrie got injured at some points, and it became a whole so. I think it's a mixture of Harden joining that mix, Harden leaving the mix, and them trading for Ben Simmons, also. Kyrie's injuries, KD's injuries, like I don't. Please I don't... mention Kyrie's off the court stuff, please. <laughs> Yo, okay, Kyrie's off the court stuff didn't help that, that one. Actually. People, people say the the, the the time KD joined Golden Stage, right? People always, oh, it's the done deal. They are going to win, they are going to win. But I kept saying, it's just you just need a couple things to happen, and everything could get derailed. It just, it just a couple things needs to happen. And everything will get you. So, yeah, the pieces look nice, but 
they actually have to be on the court at the same time. Let's see how it looks and let's see how they perform in the playoffs. Then you can make some assessment. So, yes, Harden, having Harden, Kyrie, and uh, KD, it looks lovely, it looks beautiful. But what pieces are surrounding them? I remember when they were in the playoffs, the Nets, there was a problem with uh, they had, they didn't have a big man to battle out. Um, the the Yannis's and the MB they had that issue that whole big issue and then last season happens and they get bounced in round one so yeah we would have liked it to work but I think that yeah the the main reason is Harding coming in with that last minute uh, last minute uh, addition Kyrie's off the court stuff his injuries Katie's injuries to to as well Did he? if you if you yeah. Okay, okay, you finish, then I come in. Yeah, if if you if you ask Skip Bayless, he'll tell you, oh, KD's foot was on the line when it should have been a three, <laughs> why was it two? If, if you ask him, that's what he'll tell you now. Why didn't it work? Big but, foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see? Big foot, toe on the line. <laughs> yeah, toe on the line, toe on the if line. KD line. Size, if KD wore a size, Yeah, if KD was, if you chopped his foot off, he would have been, they would have gone and X, Y, Z. So, yeah, you, you will say all that. But for me, I think it's a mixture of Harden joining him. He wasn't part of the plan. Kyrie's injuries, KD's injuries, obviously Kyrie's off the court stuff. And I didn't necessarily think that pieces on the bench and then surrounding them were the best fit for the team. So for me, that's that's what that's all I have for the for the next big three. Okay, um, Tidi, um, yeah. I, I I don't agree with you when it comes to the Harden bit. I don't at okay. all. No, I don't okay. blame Harden. I don't. I don't. I don't blame Harden. The slightest. Let me tell you. Harden what. saw what Kyrie was doing. He was like, I need to get I out of here. Care. <laughs> True. Thank True. you. Let me tell you why. True. When you are actually in it in a group, right, where you need everybody mm-hmm. to sacrifice for a cause. And one person is not willing to sacrifice. Aside that, you see the person also doing what he wants, going to a sister's birthday um, party, showing up when there's COVID mandate, you are not, you are unvaccinated and everything. When you see like you've come together and it's a win or bust, this is a win now situation. And one person hasn't bought in and Adam was having issues with his hamstring. You understand? Even with that, he and KD were still struggling to cook. Even though they were cooking, they were still struggling because Harden's hamstring. But they were still winning games. All they needed was Kyrie to be back. Kyrie to just say, look, Kyrie, I beg you, just take this vax. A lot of people were anti-vax, but most of the stars that were anti-vax sacrificed. If you remember, even Kareem called LeBron out for uh, questioning the vaccine. But LeBron still vaccinated for the Lakers and they still won the bubble championship. Do you get it? Right from the bubble and everything, you weren't willing to play. You didn't play and everything, fine. And you and you, and, and the season starts. You people went for Harden. Harden was leaving Houston. Hey, he didn't say he wanted to go for go to the Nets. They said, bring me Harden, Joe Chai, Joe Max, bring me Harden. That's KD and Kyrie, and they brought and they brought them Harden. You understand? And their first um, playoffs together against the the Celtics. It was a gentleman sweep. So, so crap. It was very um, evident. It was very evident. Yeah. So crap. Um, the whole Harden trade to the Nets. You don't think it was engineered for him? I knew it was engineered for him to move away from Houston. But I think there were some rumors spreading after the whole uh, KD, uh, KD and Kyrie to the Nets that Harden might be a piece 
they might go they might go for yes I don't and, know if and, you remember. and i don't yeah. i don't doubt yeah i remember i remember very clearly okay. and i don't doubt okay. that at all but i'm trying to say Harden yeah. wanted Harden wanted to leave the uh Houston, but Harden's favorite destination was the success already remember because they are taking uh, um his favorite coach uh, sorry his favorite gm there and what's Daramore. his name Daramore. You understand? He had already been there, and that's where he wanted to land. But Houston too did him what they um, next did to Kyrie. Oh, never! We are not going to take you to where you want to go. You understand? And then the Nets were like, "Yo, this is our chance to make to have a big three: Kyrie so, and, and 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 KD, the veto day, and they brought Harden there. Harden was cooking till had his hamstring, and um, Kyrie too was cooking till also went down against the Bucks. If if you remember. You understand? Yeah, but yeah. Harden, Harden went down against the Celtics first before this one. And then Harden came back um, against the Bucs and he was still half fit uh, um, Harden and they still took the Bucs to Game 7. Largely and mainly because of KD. And they could have won slightly but they didn't win. So no could have ifs and all of that. Yeah, Harden okay. still came next season committed. Where was Kyrie? So um, yeah, I get your points with Harden but the side to it is if Harden doesn't go to the Nets, they have something to deal with. They have a space. They, they can move people around. They can get someone else. So I'm saying one, my, my, my major point is Harden leaving the Nets harm them. I'm not saying I want to blame. I'm not blaming Harden. He had to do what was good for him. What was best for him. That is true. But him leaving the Nets, him taking himself away and the Possible and probable pieces that could have been added if he was there or if he wasn't there. Like that's my point. Yeah, fundamentally changes. Yeah, it changes the, the the look of a team. You know, basketball. If you want to compare basketball to football, it's very very different. But football, you can take a, you can take someone out and you can still manage. But basketball, if you take someone out your out your starting five, the way you play changes dramatically. It's crazy. So. Yeah, that was my point yeah, with the Harden. That, I don't okay, want to blame yeah, Harden, but that, yeah, okay, okay, that 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 is true. So I think we are we are like five minutes to the end because we've had over an hour. We've been here because the talking has been good um, and it's been exciting, and we are definitely going to do this again. So, quick one before we go with our last question, I want to ask everybody who is going to win the NBA championship. Two D. Who will win the, the championship? Um, yes. Hmm. Sorry, you asked me a tough question. I will go with Boston Celtics. Because at the moment, they okay. look the most ready. And they've been, they've been close with this team. So. But uh, they've been close to that area. Getting to the final. So I'll take Boston. Okay, and who do you think they are going to meet in the finals from the east, uh, from the west? Um, hmm. I I I picked the Suns for like the ones who won the trade, so I guess I have to stick with the Suns. I'll st- so I'll stick okay. with the Suns. I'll stick okay. with the Suns. Okay, so Boston Boston Suns for three D. I'm Sam. Nuggets Bucks Bucks win. Nuggets Bucks Bucks win. Uh, okay, thank you, Lexus. East and West. Against my better judgment, um, my my heart is telling me Bucks, my head is telling me the Celtics. I'll go with the Celtics because 
it doesn't look like Chris Middleton is going to give the Bucks much this season. And, and, and the Celtics, if you look at what they've done this season, and the fact that they've been on the big stage and the bright lights be from just last year, I, I feel like they have the momentum. And so the Celtics, and I think the Suns, will come out from the, from the West. So Celtics win the championship between the, the Suns. Okay. So Celtics, another Celtics Suns. And yeah. Ken, you've been in and yeah. out. So before we go. From the East, I'll so, say the Celtics because as, as we all know, they are still riding the momentum from the finals from last season. And then they are still showing that they still have what it takes to get there. So I'll pick the Celtics from the East. The West is where I'm a bit, I'm a bit um, conflicted because right now the Suns look very enticing. But as we all know, they've not played a single game for us to see. And um, we have our doubts. So I'll I'll settle for the for, for the Golden State. So start this Golden State. I repeat, I repeat final. That's what I think will happen. Yeah. Wow, Golden State. Wow. Oh, that's like Golden State. Wow, interesting. Anyways, so <laughs> thank you guys once again for. Oh, I didn't give my pick. I think the backs are gonna come out from the East. Media, I always go with Janice. I'm not gonna doubt him unless Chris Middleton goes down. But adding Jay Crowder makes them tougher. I think the Bucks are going to come out of the East. Yeah. And for the West, all things being equal. Everything has not been the same. Everything has Pardon? not been the same. Well, he's cooking gradually because they are bringing him off the bench. So he gets his rhythm. And still, we have like, what, 27 games to go? So yeah, I, I, I'll back that he's going to be he's gonna be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, Bucks, Bucks is yeah, a good so, pick. It's a good and, pick. Yeah, and for the, and for the West, I am going with either the Nuggets or the Clippers. One of them. But the Clippers have always shown that they can bottle it at any time. And also all teams being equal. The Clippers the Clippers. Are in the mix. So that's it. I don't have my pick from the West. They, they, I don't have my pick from the West. But if I'm going to go finally, it's just going to be Nuggets, Bucks. So today, this happens to be the end of our segment. Thank you guys once again for coming. And we are going to do this again. So yes, uh, ATW dominate the conversation thank you guys